wildcard weekend, Nick, it was, it was, I don't know if it was entertaining or not. I mean, there was six games, four were blowouts, two were great finishes on the final play. Uh, give me your overall take on, on what you watched and what you saw on, uh, on wildcard weekend. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you want to see more close games, more, you know, finishers that come down to the final drive. Um, it, it was, I guess, disappointing in that aspect to see so many games that kind of were over by this time the fourth quarter began. But also it just kind of showed how good some of these teams really are. And maybe the, you know, the ceiling of teams that, um, you know, like the Bills and, um, you know, teams like the Bucks and the Rams. I think the Rams-Cardinals was a game that everybody expected to kind of be a back and forth, possibly a high-scoring shootout. And, um, you know, I think the Rams defense really showed how good they can be. And, um, you know, maybe the Packers don't look so secure in being the Super Bowl favorites this year. Um, some of those NFC teams look really good. That uh, the Rams Cardinals game, I, the, not that the Rams won, but how they won, I think, surprised a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I think people probably were giving the, the edge to the Rams a bit because of their defense and they have the experience, the coaches of being in that position before and, um, you know, being in the playoffs. But, you know, no, I don't think anybody expected to see it go in that direction. You got five out of six. Pretty good start for you. <laughs> well, well, what were your picks at? Uh, I was the same as you, actually. I picked the exact same ones as you did. Uh, I wanted to yeah. pick the Steelers because they're my favorite team, but there was no chance when they're winning yeah. in, think, in that situation. That was the one game people expected to be a blowout. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I want to talk about a couple games before we move on to this week's pick. Uh, the two games that were close and the finishes, man. Um, Cincinnati, I heard an awesome stat about Cincinnati. It's the first time, the last time they won a playoff game, uh, you're allowed to smoke on an airplane. That's how long it's been. Uh, fans of Cincinnati have been long suffering, and uh, and, and it's, it's kind of neat to see them move on, but uh, they had to get a big defensive play right at the last second. Yeah. They did. I mean, that was a great finish. And personally, I love to see Joe Burrow get the playoff win uh, for the Bengals. As, you know, as a fan base, they've been, um, you know, a very loyal fan base for a long time. And, you know, fans in Ohio are crazy about football and, um, you know, from the Browns and the championships that they've had, uh, you know, dating back to the 40s and 50s. Um, you know, it's been a long time since Ohio had uh, something to cheer about as a football, um, you know, as football fans. So to see the, the Bengals be able to kind of bring this thing around with a lot of young talent and young pieces, you just kind of get this feeling that this is going to be the position that they're in almost every year going yeah, forward. You talk about Joe Burrow and, and nice to see him move ahead and, and, and play well. But in the end, it's defense that won it for him, right? And that, like the old saying, right? Offense sells tickets and defense wins championships, or in this case, a playoff game anyway. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a position as a defense. It's, it's a huge test. You know, the, you have a one-score lead and the Raiders get the ball at the end of the game to go down and try to win it. And, um, you know, the Bengals defense did what they needed to. Um, you know, they bent a little bit and Raiders got close. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, they made the plays they needed to. What was your take on the Dallas San Francisco finish? Um, I, you know, I'm sure just about like everybody don't exactly agree with the Cowboys play calling at the end of the game. I don't know if anybody does. Um, but yeah, it was a very baffling end to what was a really good game up to that point. I think the Cowboys had a very slow start. Um, don't know why, but they seemed to come out very flat. And uh, but they turned it on at the end, were able to make that comeback. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know what was really going through their head. It's not what I would have done at least in, you know, in the final few seconds there. What, what do you think should have been, should have happened on that final play? You know, I think with 14 seconds left from the 40 yard line, I think you really have one of two options, uh, you know, with no timeouts. I think trying to do what they were doing the first few plays and trying to get something really quick hitting to the sideline and get out of bounds in five seconds or less, if that option, based on what the defense and how they were lined up, still presented itself. Um, because ideally, I would have wanted to take at least two shots into the end zone. Um, I think doing what they did puts you at a very statistically a disadvantage. Um, you know, even if they got that, you know, the Q, the QB draw and it's, they spiked the ball and they got that off in time, then you're still sitting around the 30-yard line with only one play, one, you know, second on the clock left. The whole defense is going to be lined up in the end zone. Your chances of scoring it aren't very high. But if you take that shot from the end zone with 14 seconds left from the 40-yard line, you know, the defense is still going to be guarding the sidelines. They're not sure if you're going to the end zone or not. So you're going to have a better chance at scoring on that kind of play. And as well as just having two shots of throwing the ball into the end zone, like why not double your chances of scoring um, by, you know, taking as many shots into the end zone as you can, figuring every play only takes about six seconds or so. You're definitely with 14 seconds going to have at least two chances from the 40 yard line to push the ball into the end zone. The thing that baffled me is I heard, I've heard so many people say that that's a play uh, in that final play as they were getting ready that they practice a lot and they're ready for but yet they still didn't execute it. I mean, they, they didn't give the ball to the ref. They blocked his way to get to the inside to, to place the ball and, and virtually ran out of time because they just weren't ready to make the play that apparently they practice all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why in that situation, if you do practice that, why you wouldn't go through the, the procedure of how to get the ball to the ref and get the ball spotted as quickly as you can. And also you got to think in practice, you know, the guys that your, um, you know, your assistant coach that's out there spotting the football for you or the ref, whoever knows exactly what's going on, knows the situation, knows that you're going to run a QB draw and they're probably going to be chasing behind you to make sure the, the procedure of everything goes as quickly as possible. Where in a real game situation, they're kind of reacting to what you're doing. And so the ref isn't going to be as close to the quarterback. The ball isn't going to get spotted as quickly as it does in practice. Um, so, you know, you got to factor in for those things. I, I don't think personally 14 seconds was enough time to try to run 15 yards on a QB draw and then try to get us, you know, spike the ball. All right. So San Francisco wins that one and moves on. Let's, let's talk about this weekend's games. Uh, let's start in the NFC with San Francisco, uh, at green Bay. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Although, uh, Garoppolo's is hurt again is now he's got a bad thumb and a bad shoulder. They're saying, uh, what's your thoughts on that game? Uh, can anybody beat the Packers? I think definitely somebody can beat the Packers. I just don't know if it's the 49ers. Um, I think both teams on the other side of the NFC matchup in the bucks and the Rams probably have that best chance of knocking the Packers off. I just don't see the 49ers being able to do it at Lambeau field in the cold, um, you know, the Packers have a really good defense. They're not just this one-dimensional team. Um, so I think they'll be able to really slow down the 49ers offensive attack and be able to score enough points on the other end to, to win. And probably if, if of all the games in the divisional round, that probably has the best chance of being a one-sided game. 
All right. Uh, Tampa Bay and the LA Rams. Uh, do we know what could this be a, a shootout? Do you think? I don't think it's going to be a shoot. I think, you know, the, the, the Rams defense showed how good it can be. Um, and I think, you know, I, I really respect Morris as a defensive coordinator there. And I think that pass rush with Donald and, and Von Miller um, has a great chance of being able to slow down the um, Tampa Bay's offense. And I can see this being a low scoring game, especially because Tampa Bay's defense, you know, since last year has been lights out in the playoffs. Um, so I can see both teams really showing up on the defense side of the ball and maybe only one team even gets into the twenties. Um, and it'll probably come down to a, a last minute drive um, and a low scoring matchup. And I think in that kind of game, I would definitely give the, the nod to the Buccaneers just because if this is going to be, you know, a one possession ball game, it's hard to cheer against or pick against Tom Brady. Yeah, for sure. All right. AFC games, uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee. How much of an advantage do the teams have who had the week off? Obviously they're rested. They're a little, the bumps and bruises are healed up. Uh, is there a rust factor that the teams need to worry about, especially, you know, in this situation, Cincinnati's got some momentum now and they're feeling good about themselves. Um, how's that situation play out for you? You know, I think it really kind of depends on the team, the leaders and kind of where you're at as a team. You know, if you were, fighting hard to get that first place, um, you know, at the end of the season and, you know, your week 16, 17, week 18 matchup were tough, hard fought games. Maybe that week off can be really good to kind of rest and reset you. Um, but if you kind of cruise or cruising into the playoffs, you have first place clinched going in um, and you're kind of resting before playoffs even start, you know, it, it's a long time off to just kind of reboot and, uh, you know, get yourself back locked in. And um, for a team like the Titans who haven't always, you know, really been in that position before, um, you know, they don't have the experience so much of being the number one seed and how to take that first round bye week and, you know, being able to play with it, it could kind of maybe cause them to come out slow and, um, you know, out the gate and see if the Bengals can take advantage with their, you know, high powered offense. But, um, you know, that's a tough game to pick because I think the Titans, you know, now they, they're getting Derrick Henry back, potentially. Um, they're a very dangerous team with a good defense. But I personally, I'm going to take the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow, and um, I think they carry the momentum from their first-round win um, into, into this week. All right. Ryan Tannehill, he doesn't get the fanfare that all the other star quarterbacks do, but, man, he just wins a lot of football games, doesn't he? Yeah, and, you know, he's really so effective. Like, if you look at his stats, you watch him play – um, you know, he's really good. He's accurate. He knows where to go with the football. And I think it just in that offense and in that system, he's very effective. Um, but he just doesn't have that, I guess, star power or that kind of flash that a lot of these star quarterbacks in the NFL have, which is probably why people don't jump on the bandwagon with him as much. Speaking of star quarterbacks, uh, Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes going head to head. Buffalo's at Kansas City. This is the one I'm looking forward to the most. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, too. I think this is going to be the game of the week. Um, you probably have the two best quarterbacks in the AFC right now and, you know, two of the best in the NFL going against each other. This is um, hopefully the future Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning style, um, you know, quarterback matchup that we saw for over a decade in the AFC. This is the new one. Um, and I'm going to take the, the Chiefs, um, not because I think, they're really any much better than the Bills, 
I just think playing at Arrowhead Stadium is the hardest place to play in the NFL, especially during a playoff game. And so because of that and that home field advantage of the crowd there in Kansas City, um, I got to go with the Chiefs. We always end up talking about the quarterbacks. Uh, you as a quarterback, when you're watching the NFL, and obviously it's a different game with different wrinkles and everything, but how much do you watch quarterbacks and how much can you learn from watching a guy like like Mahomes or Allen or Brady or whoever it is you're watching week in and week out? Uh, uh, what's your approach when you're watching games? Uh, are you able to, to take stuff from that? So I kind of I, I get the luxury of watching games from multiple perspectives because I get to watch it both on TV as a fan in the broadcast. And I also can watch the games, you know, breaking them down, um, you know, watching them like I'm watching game film. So when I'm watching it on TV, I try to be more from a fan perspective um, and, you know, just analyze and appreciate the game that, you know, as it's going on. And, um, but I definitely spent a lot of time watching these NFL games and watching the top quarterbacks like Mahomes and Rogers and Brady and Drew Brees in the past. Um, you know, I, I break down their games as much as I can after they play, um, you know, on my iPad and I get to watch them and study, see how these quarterbacks read the defenses, their footwork, what throws they make. Um, and, and I take a lot of the stuff that they do and put it in my own game for sure. Uh, I like watching games. I like watching the broadcasts because that's what I do. And I try to glean stuff from that. Is it difficult for you to to watch games and see games played at a high level like this and, and then get excited about it and then think, oh, man, I still got like three months till training camp? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely when I whenever I watch these playoffs, uh, just because of how our season ends um, and, and the timing of it all, it, it makes you miss it even more. And just like you're really counting down those days till you get to training camp. Because uh, it's so fun just to kind of be involved in football from a, a fan perspective of watching it and knowing that, you know, you're only a few months away from being able to play it yourself and be able to do things on the field that you're watching them do. Um, it's definitely very exciting and it makes you miss it even more than you do normally.